All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. You get a goal. You get a goal. You get a goal. Uh, there was a hat trick, a near hat trick, a hat trick called back, a six-five game last night. Goals galore. I don't know. As a goalie, are you feeling safe today, Mike McKenna? Please. I'm glad I'm in my closet. Yeah, the the closet of fame, by the way. Uh, This is a Thursday, December 2nd edition of the Daily Faceoff. So streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and of course at dailyfaceoff.com. Mike, welcome back. Lots to get to. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and drop the puck with a story that I put out on Daily Faceoff just a short time ago, trade targets. It's December. There's a couple pending trade requests out there. You wrote about trade requests earlier this week, and we put up the top five, tra- top 15 trade targets, excuse me, as the trade market begins to heat up around the NHL. Let's throw that board up there and take a peek at it. Number one, Junus Corpusallo from the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've been engaged in some talks with him over the last few weeks in terms of a potential move. Not a formal trade request here, Mike, but Yarmo Kekalainen is aware that Corpusalo would be certainly okay with a fresh start elsewhere. He's struggled a little bit the last two seasons. What is What would a team be getting in Corpusalo, and can he rebound? 
Well, he's an interesting case because at 27 years old, usually what you see is what you get with a goaltender. The Columbus Blue Jackets thought that Corpusala was going to be the guy to replace Sergei Bobrovsky. That's turned into Elvis Merzlikens. And there's not much room for upward mobility right now with Merzlikens locked into a long-term contract. So I think for Corpusalo, yeah, a fresh start would be good for him. But I'm not sure how much more there is to his game. I mean, $2.8 million cap hit for a goalie with just barely above a 900 safe percentage over his career. He's on an expiring contract, but he has been outplayed by Merzlikens by a long shot this year. But here's the thing on Corpusalo: Teams are always, always looking at performances that they can remember. They remember what Corpusalo did in the bubble in playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning several years ago in the first round, virtually stealing a series. He has big game potential, but he hasn't been able to find the consistency in the NHL to bring it on a daily basis. Do you think he can get back there? I'm not sure because he's had a lot of help. He has good goalie coaching. I think that Corpusalo plays too wide. I think he ends up sprawl. He doesn't end up playing as cleanly as you want him to. And this has been an effort for several years to try to contain his game. So far, it hasn't happened. I'm not sure that you're going to see anything more than what you currently have with Corpusalo, even with the new team. Yeah, and it's a really interesting spot for the Blue Jackets. You mentioned Mers Lincoln's playing so well for Columbus to start. He's been outstanding. And then they sort of have Daniel Tarasov waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. That really could be that next guy in their organization that steps up where, hey, maybe you don't need to pay your backup $2.8 It was a fine tandem for a while, but it's clear that Mers Lincoln's with that long-term deal is going to be the guy both now and for the foreseeable future. So we'll look a little bit further down the list, Mike, at some of the other trade targets that we had. And there's a series of wingers that pop up. We've got Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, as we page down further here and into the uh, bladder half of the top 10, Patrick Hornquist from the Florida Panthers. JT Miller has received a lot of interest. I don't think that the Vancouver Canucks are going to be pushing the button at any moment in the next couple of days here. Uh, given all that's gone on there, does Jim Benning have the authority uh, to actually make a trade at this moment? All I can tell you is that teams are interested in JT Miller, and, and why wouldn't you be? This is a guy that's done almost everything that the Canucks could have asked for him uh, since acquiring him from the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's been consistent, one of the guys that shows up every single night. So I think a number of teams have been interested. One of the teams that I mentioned in the story, the New York Rangers, a potential reunion there. I just don't know that anything is close to happening on that front, but JT Miller is certainly one to keep in mind. Yeah, especially with a $5.25 million cap hit for a first-line forward that's playing at a point-of-game pace. I mean, the other night against the Senators just absolutely blows past everybody. You can see him play with such speed. You wonder about Miller, though, where he's he's very outspoken. He speaks freely. He speaks uh, speaks honestly. He can't There's hide still it. a perception in hockey that, like, that's tough to deal with by some teams. I don't like that perception. I, I think that people should be able to speak how, how they want and how they feel. JT Miller can make a team better, period. That guy's fast as lightning. He can bury. He's going to be an Olympian. Uh, I, I think he's got all kinds of value. I like Thomas Hurdle in San Jose. We didn't have him up on the graphic, but he's somebody who I think can inject some scoring. And, you know, Hornquist, yes, where is he? He's a little bit older in his contract. And, you know, his age is going to hurt him as well. I'm not sure that Hornquist fits much, but Hurdle, I really like. I thought he was San Jose's best player last year. You could argue Kane, uh, Evander Kane, he was strong as well. But Hurdle, when he plays with grit, 
he's tough to contain and he's got skill to go along with it. So there's plenty of great options out there, Frank, but uh, you, you wonder, is anything going to happen before the Christmas break or teams going to wait until trade deadline? Well, yeah, I just think things are heating up in a way that teams have seen enough of what they have. And I think more importantly, mm-hmm. what they don't have and what they need that it perhaps puts a little bit of pressure on something to happen. It's always that, you know, once the calendar flips to December, that's when things really start to move a little bit. Conversations begin a little bit more in earnest. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, part of those trade targets as well, where some guys that may not be imminent moves, you look at Pittsburgh and a Brian Rust, he's hurt at the moment, maybe Mm -hmm. a Patrick Hornquist, received some pushback on him on social media about him being on the list, but playing fourth line minutes in addition to a power play role at 5.3 million just doesn't fit the Panthers salary cap scheme. So lots of interesting potential developments there. We'll keep an eye on all those. And we drilled it last year on the trade target list of the 30 guys we put up there, 18 ended up being traded and a couple more after the fact. So uh, keep an eye on the trade target list as we get closer to the March 21st trade deadline. So, Mike, last night we had a battle of two titans in the NHL in the Colorado Avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs. A little bit of a disappointing game, in, in I guess, in comparison to all the hype and the buildup that went into it with how well these teams were playing because Darcy Kemper goes down with an injury, can't play. They end up having to have the emergency backup on the bench or at least in the locker room dressed to start the e-bug. Jonas Johansson gets the start. He gets shelled. They can't really pull him. So tough spot for the Colorado Avalanche to be in. Wiping that game aside, one of the real things we were talking about this morning, is it time to label the Toronto Maple Leafs as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? I'd say any team that wins 15 games in a 17-game stretch deserves to be in the conversation. I know, I know. Everyone's saying hey, the Leafs have to do it in the playoffs. But Mike, give me your top five Stanley Cup contenders as we hit December 2nd. Well, Toronto makes my list and Colorado doesn't. Okay, so that's probably mind-blowing to people. And and here's the thing, man. We're throwing spaghetti at the wall here. We're, We're barely into December, but these are the teams that I think, in my eyes, have the potential to win the Cup as we stand. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are are so strong top to bottom. The system they play, uh, how well they control the entire flow of the game, the young skill. Uh, I love Washington still. I, I think that out of the East, that's that's going to be a tough go to get out of there. Washington's still heavy. They can still score. It's going to depend on goaltending for them. Can Samsonov really keep bringing it? Vanacek and supporting. Uh, Edmonton's just so scary offensively, but I think they need a goaltender to be able to get over the hump. Here's a real wild card. I think Minnesota is a team built for a run. They pushed Vegas to their absolute limit last year in the playoffs, and I love the way that team plays. Kirill Kaprizov's finally going. Uh, They've got good depth. They've got grit. They've got heaviness. They're a little light on goaltending, maybe yet once again, but Cam Talbot has been better than people realize. He's been really good. I think he can do it, but yeah, Toronto's on my list, man. They have been so dynamic, so scary offensively, and Jack Campbell's playing at a Vezina pace. I just think once Toronto finally gets over the hump and they stop smelling themselves and they win a round, one round, it's all it's going to take to propel that team, I think, on a much further path. They have the skill. They have the ability. Let's see if they can put it together. Interesting that you didn't have Tampa on. It pained me to leave Minnesota and Washington off as well as Edmonton and Calgary. 
I think with Colorado, my thing is any team that can score 43 goals over an eight-game stretch deserves consideration. And Kemper has been very average to this point. McKinnon has barely played. I think that team has another level to get to. So certainly not ready to wipe the Colorado Avalanche off the list. Nope. And Mike, need to talk about uh, a topic that popped up kind of out of the clear blue sky on Thursday morning, a report from Forbes magazine that the Arizona Coyotes are considering not just selling the team, but also in a potential deal that sees the franchise relocated to Houston. Probably not all that much of a shock. It was actually one of my bold predictions that at the end of the season, they end up moving to Houston. They don't have anywhere to play at this moment next season. But then we see this report from Craig Morgan, who covers the Arizona Coyotes in depth, a statement from the team that says, this is false. Totally false. We're not selling. We're not moving. The Coyotes are 100% committed to playing in Arizona. My reaction to that is, what were they going to say? Yes, we're packing up the moving yeah. truck. We're, we're calling Hertz for some big vans to take us to Houston, and we're selling. Of course, they're not going to say that. Um, what is your reaction to everything that's played out? I hate that it's like this, but it's an eye roll. I mean, when has there not been turbulence in Arizona? I mean, I played a season in that organization, 14-15, and it was the same thing. Teams for sale. Andrew Barraway takes control. He takes partial ownership. Then he takes full ownership. Now it goes to another ownership group. Now we need a new arena. Now Glendale's not good enough. Now this, not that. And, like, dude, come on. Like, something's got to bust here. Like, if that team ends up going to Houston, get some ownership, maybe it stabilizes. The problem is that I just – I really love having a team in the Phoenix area and I'm not alone. It's the NHL as well. Players love to play there. You just want to find a way to make it work, but it seems untenable currently. Glendale doesn't work period. And they haven't gotten the momentum to get an arena built either in Scottsdale or downtown or wherever it may work. So man, I don't know what to expect, but usually Frank, you know how this works. Wherever there's smoke, there's fire. Something had to cause this report to come out. Yeah, and that's Forbes magazine citing unnamed banking sources, which would be involved in any sort of typical transaction. So um, usually there's some, you know, as you said, some smoke, there is some fire. My thing and my reporting indicates that the Arizona Coyotes have internally been considering two options for next season as temporary moves. One is to simply go back to Glendale and say, hey, whatever our lease was, we'll pay you more on a temporary basis just to stay here in the meantime until we can find out where we're getting to. And the other one is the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Old, old building, 1960s. The Roadrunners played there a couple times. The Phoenix Suns played there for mm -hmm. 30 years almost before moving on to their arena, which is now 30 years old. Yeah. The Suns want nothing to do with the Coyotes in downtown Phoenix. Going to be an interesting situation to watch. I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Certainly that Houston is in play. The Coyotes playing in the Central Division could be in the Central Time Zone, a market just as big as Phoenix, which has been a concern for the NHL to leave a top five U.S. market while Houston is just above them in just about every metric. We'll keep an eye on that. For now, let's get to some in-depth goalie talk with another edition of The Blue Paint. All right, Mike, it's time for another edition of the Blue Paint. I love some in-depth, nerdy goaltending talk. Let's start with the Dallas Stars. It's been fascinating to watch their development in their crowded crease. We were asking questions all offseason. Who's going to be in the nets there? 
Hudobin there. You, you've got uh, Jake Ottinger in that. Braden Holpe has played really well of late. Ottinger ended up going down to the AHL to start, comes back up. What are you seeing with what's going on in Dallas in that crowded crease? We started off thinking it was a three-headed monster, maybe a four-headed monster. Ben Bishop's still under contract. Well, he hasn't been a factor this year. It really has been Braden Holtby and Jake Ottinger stealing the net in Dallas. Anton Hudobin hasn't played so, as well so far this season, and he almost looks like the odd man out. He's got a year remaining on his contract. He's another person I wonder, Frank, maybe uh, might fit that trade profile if Ottinger keeps playing as well as he has. I think the Dallas Stars were smart in sending Ottinger to the American League to play games. It was kind of the old-school mentality that, you know what, if you're not playing in the NHL, we want you to play in the American League. Go play games. And he did that. He went to play 10 games in the American League, comes back, four straight wins in the NHL. He's allowed five goals in those four games and been outstanding. But it's also been the resurgence of Braden Holtby. Things started to get better last year in Vancouver for him towards the end of the season, and he carried that into Dallas this year. Now, he's been good to above average good for me. I think he could still be a little bit better. But you look, especially recently, he's won two straight games. Dallas has won five straight. They're in the playoff picture now. Holpe knows how to win in playoffs. And he also handles the puck really well. And that's an interesting one-two punch in Dallas because they can now alter who plays goal for the teams they're playing against. Carolina, heavy forecheck, put Holpe in. Let him handle the puck. A team you may not worry about that as much, go for Ottinger. So really interesting in Dallas. I think Ottinger might be the guy by the end of the year who grabs the net. But if not, Braden Holpe has looked very good. Yeah, I know you love that equipment setup as well, the neon green. You're a huge so fan dirty. of that. I'm, oh. I'm curious as to see what happens since the crease is so crowded. Do you end up moving one of those goals? Teams can always use a goalie around the deadline. Yeah. Does one of those three guys end up being on the move? I'd be surprised if it's Ottinger's just because they need some, uh, some long-term stability in that position. But if, if you think that Ottinger is the guy – does that then make Holt be expendable if you think that Hudobin might be a fine backup? So uh, lots of interesting questions in the Dallas crease. Want to ask you about Pittsburgh and Tristan Jari's resurgence. You saw him uh, in Edmonton previously where he had maybe been linked. I think the Oilers were talking about Tristan Jari a little bit last offseason in terms of a goaltending option. What changes have you seen in Tristan Jari's game that's enabled him to get back to the level that many thought he could get to in the NHL? Well, let's start by saying Tristan Jari has been phenomenal this year. Not just good, phenomenal. He had a little bit of lull coming off the start of the season. And what I've seen now is that he has really taken charge of his game in terms of depth, in terms of post integrations. He's cleaned it up. He looks very confident in where he wants to be in the ice, in the blue paint. His feet are set. And he's got his old goalie coach back, Andy Kyoto, who he worked with with the Wilkes-Barre Penguins when he was moving up to the NHL. They work really well together. So I've been impressed by this. The big thing for Jari, this guy has saved 91% of high danger chances so far this year. That's leading the NHL by a country mile. The closest is John Gibson in second at 86% of high danger chances. So you talk about making big saves in difficult areas. That's Tristan Jari. Had a game the other night against Calgary. He was absolutely phenomenal. Just lost him to shootout, but really been impressed with him. He looks confident. He's square. He's had his feet set, and he's tracking the puck really well. 
Interesting. Yeah. And I, I love the shout out to Andy Kyoto. Did a little radio with Andy back in the day. Super sharp guy who is on the ball. So love to see him get a little praise as well. And when we look at the Los Angeles Kings, uh, Cal Peterson had been a lot of the focal point for the Kings. But what about Jonathan Quick? I thought Quick was just going to ride off into the sunset. I thought the starter days were over. I mean, to me, Quick's a Hall of Famer. Two Stanley Cups, a Conn Smythe, like revolutionized the position, arguably going to be the greatest American goaltender of all time. You know, you're competing with Tom Barrasso and Ryan Miller for that title. But, uh, you know, Quick last season, just the last really two and a half season, looked like he'd completely lost his way, his confidence. The team wasn't great in front of him either. But, you know, last year he's at a negative 5.8 goal saved above expected, courtesy of moneypuck.com. This year he's flipped that to sitting at 7.2 positive. Uh, and you look at his traditional numbers, just way better. And I wish I had a technical reason for why Jonathan Quick is playing at the level he is this year. I beat him up a little bit early this year, criticizing him with some of the paddle down play that he has and his stylistic tendencies. But he is one of the ultimate battlers in the NHL. And when he gets on a roll, when he's feeling confident, when the team's playing better in front of him, Quick's proving that he still has it. He's finding ways to save pucks. That's as simple as that. There hasn't been a big change. But I just love to see it, okay? This is a guy that I didn't want to see just finish out his career, get the contract over with, be done. I love the fire in Quick, and I love that he's bringing his team back into the playoff consideration. You know what I love to see? That forum blue and gold look how pretty that, that is beautiful? that setup pretty beautiful. awesome love the retro waffle as well this has been another edition of the blue paint with mike mckenna All right, Mike, let's have a little fun with our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to answer your questions. There's been a lot of them so far, but what is your favorite viral moment of the NHL season? I can think of a ton, whether it's uh, Artemi Panarin throwing his glove, whether it's a referee caught on a hot mic saying F off. I mean, there's been lots of stuff. What does it for you? <laughs> Oh, man, I love the stick toss. Jack Hughes. He hasn't played a lot of hockey this year, but, man, early in the season against the Chicago Blackhawks, it's a walk-off home run. Like, scores the goal, sellies, tosses the stick in the crowd. Like, this is the type of stuff that we need in the game. Fans eat it up. Imagine being third, fourth row, and you're a kid at the game, and your favorite player scores, wins it, and you grab a stick out of the air. I mean, too cool. Teams have stick budgets. Let them toss it. I remember Wayne Gretzky used to throw one in the – he used to give one away after every warm-up when he was playing. So I love that moment. And then the copycat of Trevor Zegers, Jack Hughes' buddy from the U.S. NTDP, he does the same thing later on this year. I just think it's too cool. He did it against the Washington Capitals. I love these types of celebrations. I love the interaction with the fans. I had such a hard time deciding here. One of my favorites was Brady Kachuk calling Brendan Lemieux a brickhead. Like, that is good, clean fun, and it <laughs> makes me think immediately of Marv in Home Alone just getting hit with a brick in the face, uh, which is, like, like to, to come up with that on the fly, he's a brickhead, and nothing that we have to bleep out, I think, is so great, so clean, so awesome. I also loved uh, Kale McCarr picking up a little kale on the ice as part of his celebration. Fans in Denver throwing Kale out there for Kale. 
but you know, you look at it. Uh, there's so many different viral moments to this point. Uh, I, I just, it, it's been hard to pick just one. So lots to choose from. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more moving forward. I know we will. It's only December 2nd. Let's get to our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler Remchuk, how'd you do last night? On even one and one, and they were both minus 140 bets as well. So we lost a little bit on the units front for our season record, but we'll bounce back tonight. And I'm going with three plays as well. So let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. I am starting with the matchup between the Montreal Canadiens and the Colorado Avalanche. You guys talked earlier about that Avalanche goaltending without uh, Darcy Kemper. It's not great. And now they're playing in the second of back-to-backs. That Avs offense is one of the best in the league. The Habs, we know they've struggled to keep pucks out of their net at times as well. The Habs actually hit the over in eight of their 14 games in the month of November as well. And I think tonight is going to be a high-scoring affair between the two. The total's high at six and a half. And usually I stay away when that number starts with a six and I'm betting the overs. But... Even money on the over. I like it here. I think it could be a shootout in Montreal. My second play is in Carolina, where the Hurricanes on the puck line, it's paying out minus 145, and I like this spot. I know the Canes have kind of struggled recently, and they've had the COVID issues as well, but the Sens have been atrocious on the road. Just one win in nine road games this season. I like the Canes to bounce back here and sort of get back to their winning ways a little bit with a puck line victory. And finally, I got a prop today as well. It's Aaron Ekblad to grab an assist out in Florida. He's coming off a three-assist performance, actually, in uh, their last game. He's hit this number in six of his last eight games. They have a projected team total of four goals tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. I think they'll easily score four, and I think Ekblad will get involved with another apple. It's paying minus 115. So those are your three plays Habs and Avs going over six and a half. Carolina on the puck line. Ekblad to grab an assist. Yeah, going against the Sens. I think we're always looking for points during the season when we're learning something. How about the Vancouver Canucks swing through Eastern Canada? We learned that Vancouver, not the worst team in Canada. So uh, certainly an interesting development. We'll keep an eye on Tyler's best bets. Thank you for that. Let's get to a little garbage time. Uh, yesterday, I gave a little love to the Minnesota Wild. Today, Mike, you sense that people are hating on some goalies? What's up with that? I think we're missing Mike's audio here. Mike, okay, so apologize for that. It happens occasionally where I'll get these messages on social and people will tell me, hey, Look at the goalies, the big arm and chest, the blah, blah, blah. We have this, we have the scoring with, we have a problem with scoring. We're not scoring enough in the NHL. Like, are you not entertained, people? Is this sport really not entertaining? Teams are averaging almost three goals a game per. It's as high as it's been in the last five or six years. And it's trending the right direction. The Oilers are almost 36% on the power play right now. Teams are getting run out of the barns. Seven, eight goals against, six goals against some of these games, man. Like, it's plenty entertaining to me. I don't need a track meet. There should be drama to the sport. And whether you're going to blame the officials, whether you're going to blame the goalies, whether you're going to blame the coaches, anybody, I think NHL hockey isn't a really good place. I, I think that the goal scored, the way they're being scored, the, the dramatic moments, man, I'm entertained. I love this sport. I don't think we need any more scoring. Frank, I think we're good, man. I like it as is. 
Okay. Well, hey, nice to see you put down your goalie union card for a second. Lots of goalie talk today between the blue paint, Corpus Allo, and trade talk. So lots to lots of ground to cover, and I'm with you. 6-5 game, sign me up. I'm all for that. That is all the time that we have for today. I'm sure Mike's wife is wondering if that's all the time that we have for his mustache, which somehow has made it into December. But that is a topic for another day. Thanks so much for joining us on the Daily Faceoff show today. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Tyler Uremchuk in the big chair tomorrow. I will see you on Monday. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.